welcome to Zephyr Podcast Sessions with your host, me, Scott Howland. To find out more about Zephyr and how we're helping leading brands and businesses with customer journey orchestration, visit www.zephr.com. So, hey, and welcome to the Zephyr Podcast Sessions. Great to be back this week uh, and pleased to be joined by Carsten uh, of Morning Score. Carsten, how are you? Hey, cool to be here. And uh, yeah, I'm good. I'm fresh. So <laughs> <laughs> that's always good. I've just had my coffee, so I think I'm good as well. Um, look, for people that don't know you, uh, and there might be certain people that don't know you, uh, well, probably quite a few, <laughs> right? <laughs> Can you introduce yourself, your role and your experience? Yeah, you said I'm Carsten Madsen. I'm the CEO of MorningScore. So a small, well, we're scale up now. We used to be a startup, but now we're a scale up. We're doing an SEO software. So that's like when you go on Google and you want to be number one on Google when people search for whatever you do, we're the software that helps you do that. And there's a lot of competitors and we have a lot of competitors, but um, yeah, we try to be the fun and kind of gamified version of that. So yeah, that's me. And uh, I used to work uh, in an agency or I, I founded an agency. There are 40 people now. And then I transitioned into SaaS because that was kind of the dream I wanted to do. So yeah. That's awesome. That's a lovely story uh, going from that kind of agency to SaaS. Uh, you obviously found a pain and a, a potential solution across the way, which you wanted to solve. So that's all interesting. I might dig on that a little bit later. But um, look, it's awesome to meet you and, and have you talking on the show today. And what we're going to focus on, though, is a bit different. Um, and I really like this. We're going to talk about customer acquisition. Obviously, this can relate to publishing, media, different subscription verticals, all this kind of stuff. So for you, obviously, around your, your SaaS business and how you're acquiring customers. And Custom, what I really appreciate is that you said to me, look, I'm going to just transparently share our numbers, the cost behind them. We're going to talk CAC, LTV. If people don't know what those are, stay tuned because I'm sure you'll learn uh, very shortly. But look, customer acquisition, right? Um, probably start at the top and let's break this down. What does that mean? Yeah, you just mentioned a few few of those words. For us, it's very simple. It means, <laughs> I mean, everyone wants more customers and especially as a subscription company, volume is important. So getting more customers who pay either monthly or yearly is the name of the game. So yeah, what I'm going to be sharing is how we do that. And I think how most SaaS do that, but I'm going to share our numbers and how we got to where we are. So yeah, if we start with CAC, you mentioned the CAC or however you, it's a bit hard to pronounce, <laughs> but uh, you get it right. Uh, it's, um, for us, it's just what does it cost to get a customer? And that's, there's a lot of ways to talk about that. How do you calculate it and which costs do you associate with getting a customer? But I think for people who don't work with CAC, just the first thing to do is just think about all the costs associated with getting one customer, what are those? And yeah, that number we calculated and then we got to around $400. So I do it in dollars now. Um, <laughs> As you would in the SaaS world. <laughs> yeah, yes. Sorry for all the national Brits or whoever. I mean, we can do it in pounds. I'm not so updated on the pound price, but uh, anyway, it's in dollars. And um, for us, that was all right. But people say that, so what's a healthy growing business, right, in the SaaS world? I think that's one of the big questions to ask yourself. That's why we measure this price per customer, the CAC. And so $400 for us was 
all right, but our lifetime value at that point, so what we expect to get out of a customer, like the money we make from a customer lifetime, uh, was around, I think at that point, was around $1,000. It has grown since, but around $1,000. So we are quite a cheap software, around $50 a month for our subscriptions. So if people stick around two to three years, we make around, I don't know, $1,000 on them. Our pricing has changed a bit, but that was the case at that point. So just diving into that, obviously that comes and that's your, your total marketing cost, right? Um, it's yeah, like yeah. maybe not regular customers, there's new customers, all that kind of stuff. And I guess a simple equation to that is what we've talked about there. There's lots of things you could bring into CAC, I'm sure, like uh, marketing cost wages, all this kind of stuff. And But to keep it simple, total marketing cost for acquiring your customers obviously divided by maybe the, the total customers acquired, right? And that's going to give you your customer acquisition cost to start with. How did you know if that was good or bad in the first instance? Was there anything that kind of jumped out to you or you thought about? Yeah, actually, I thought it was horrible, $400, because I didn't Google it. And, you know, <laughs> sounds stupid. But what I just did, and well, I mean, me and my partner, we Googled it. And we saw that, at least in America, they expect that you your CAC to LTV is one to three. So basically meaning that whenever you have a CAC of, let's say, $100 then you sh and a lifetime value of $300, then that's great. It's great to be spending one third of the money of the total lifetime value of the customer in CAC. I'm not sure I agree with that from a European perspective and a Scandinavian perspective as where I'm from uh, in Denmark. That's very aggressive and requires a lot of money because obviously if you spend one third of your total lifetime value, in most cases, you will not be cash flow positive before four to eight months, depending on, on your price model after that. So you have a lot of liquidity issues then because you know, you're know you not going to have that money. So you need to borrow it, which we did as well. I think most SaaS companies, so software as a service companies, they have to borrow some money or get an investor on board, basically get a lot of money to start off because it's expensive to build your product and to market it, which is what we're talking about today. So I think from a Scandinavian perspective, where it's really hard to get financing and get money in, in like how they can in America, and maybe even in London, I've heard that you guys are the most lucky in Europe, at least in London, that you have a very good situation compared to the rest of Europe uh, in terms of investor willingness and so on. But at least from our perspective, one third, I mean, one to three is tough. So we want to get to one to four or one to five. That's our goal. Nice. And so would you think one to four, one to five would be very good for where you are European based in the Scandinavian area? Would that set you apart from the rest on the, on the kind of LTV to CAC value? Yeah, I mean, it's hard, right? Because we just compete globally. So just because we want a CAC to LTV that's better than what you can do in, let's say, America, that and while we still have very high salaries because you know we're in Scandinavia so it's like playing on hard mode right <laughs> so what we do is we try to get creative around it and i can share with you whatever we've done so far like concretely like which channels which marketing campaigns how do we approach it what worked what didn't i could share with you in a minute but yeah i mean we did successfully lowered from 400 to 300 dollars and then our lifetime value at the same time so the CAC got lowered and then our lifetime value rose to around 1500 dollars in the meantime so like that's actually a one to five i was gonna say that's close to your one to five goal right that's exactly it actually now that i'm calculating it so that's one <laughs> to five but then we were like okay we need to expand this business and so we hired a bunch of salespeople, and they I mean, there's different ways to calculate the CAC, but I think sales should go into it. So we added them and now our CAC is back 
you know, it's way more expensive. So right now it's super unsustainable because those sales guys, there's a ramp up period as it's called, you know, like three to six months until they're up to speed. So now we're a bit in deep water. We don't know if we're going to be successful six months from now from that new sales activity, or if we have to tell the sales guys, you know what, we can't afford it. It wasn't a good idea. So that's exciting. I mean, for everyone. It's a bit of a <laughs> it's a nice little maybe maybe it's like a roller coaster you're on, right? You see if you're coming to the end or uh, however you see that going and uh, is it gonna be exciting? I'm sure it will be, and I'm sure you'll you'll nail it. Look, you've got a good product, you've got some customers, you've got those case studies, and that all kind of maps into kind of what you're doing. Um obviously the the CAC and the LTV, that's what the board care about, that's what your metrics care about. Investors, they care about that as you've touched on there. What are those, if you talk, you, you talked about investment and things like that, what are your key metrics for investors, if I can ask that? What, what are the things you focus on? Well, so now we took, so just to briefly explain, we have one uh, angel investor on board since the beginning. He put in, I think uh, that was $300,000 uh, since the beginning. So, and, so that's not huge money, but that was enough for us. And then now, actually just in December last year, so one month ago, we'd signed a deal for uh, three, so what's that in dollars, uh, around $500,000 loan, actually a COVID loan. So with very good conditions because we also got hit by COVID. So it's kind of like a rescue loan from the government, but it's amazing because the conditions are just amazing. Like, okay. uh, yeah, really and good that, Is that from the Danish government? Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. So that's great. So that loan, but you need to be uh, in a good, healthy, it's kind of... I mean, we can talk, that's not the purpose of the talk, but it's ironic because they tell you, and we joke with them a lot because they told us, uh, guys, you need to be in a deep shit, sorry for the English, to get get this loan. And I said, yeah, but you don't want to invest in companies who are bad. No, no, no. We We want to only invest in great companies we can see surviving, but you need to be in, you know, in a bad situation. So that's ironic, right? And we're like, okay. But they were like, no, in this case, we actually want to invest in a healthy company and make it happen because we also need some winners. You know, we can't all, only bet on the losers. <laughs> so that's, that's their words, not mine, by the way. I, I don't know if we're going to win in the end, but I hope so. Yeah. You've got to be positive in all of this. And uh, obviously, we see how brutal the world is out there for companies, SaaS companies. Uh, but I guess let's loop this back around to the point of the conversation, which was about customer acquisition. Obviously, this is going to help fuel your growth. If you can keep up to that higher end, three, four, five to one, this means that there's untapped growth potential, you can acquire new customers, you can pitch yourself better in the market, you can go and test, for example, like you're talking about now, okay, you've reduced it by bringing on sales teams and things like that. But actually, if that hits the right kind of uh, moment in the market, you're going to be able to scale and that growth comes with the scale that you can bring in using sales teams. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think a lot of, especially that American trend that they say, oh, you just need a one to three. And if it's not one to three, you're actually not being aggressive enough. So let's say it's one to four. Then they would say, oh, no, that's not great. You need to be one to three because you're not spending enough money right now. And I'm a bit like, yeah, but then my valuation will actually go down if I hit one to three. If I can do one to five and still be quite aggressive with the money we're getting, 
I mean, in any case, that's better. But I think that's a European mentality that we want to stretch the money a bit further. And especially because we don't have, especially in Scandinavia, we don't have money flying around that we can just grab, you know. Uh, <laughs> I think as a uh, European, more cautious maybe in what we're doing and how we're kind of approaching things. I think that's in, it's not just in SaaS businesses. I think that's in life and in, yeah, in everything. Yeah, that's in um, general, right? Yeah. <laughs> but um, look, so, right. I um, Question to you then. If someone was starting out a SaaS business, right, and they were they were looking at their their marketing spend, they're looking at their cost of acquisition, what would you say they should focus on from the marketing side of things to start with around acquiring customers? Yeah. So if you would have to go as far as possible, well, the most effective channel for us and the cheapest one, so again, getting the CAC low and getting far, was direct mail especially in Denmark, it worked really well. Then we realized that that was illegal. So <laughs> just to say that, I mean, it's all good. We talked with, I mean, we didn't know. And then the, we didn't get sued or anything, but we didn't know. And then we stopped. But at that point, we had gotten 30 customers. Our first 30 customers, I think 20 of those came from the emails that we sent out where we just say, hey, we're in beta. So we had a free beta. We're in beta. Come try it out. And we just mailed, I think, 5,000 companies in Denmark. And you know, we got a thousand, or I don't know, 800 or something signed up and tried it. And out of those, then 20. So, you know, the actual amount of people who bought in the end was very low, but, you know, it was enough to get us started because when you're nobody, nobody knows you, you don't have any customers. You can really be happy with the first 20 customers that yeah. I guess you can relate to that in terms of that beginning is hard. Now you guys are doing really well, but I mean, the start is just yeah. grinding. Yeah. Oh, it's been, uh, yeah, it's to get those first customers and then get those references. It's hard. I don't know if it gets easier, but um, we'll, we'll keep going down that one and I'll let you know in 12 months if it got easier or not. But um, no, with the customer thing, getting those initial customers, getting the team, finding the pains, I think is key to this, right? Finding the pain. What, what, how are you solving that pain? And are you continually going to, uh, I don't know, innovate in that kind of area or for that pain as well? I think that is key to this. I'm intrigued on the, obviously the direct email kind of approach that you talked about. That's always great. I find that great as well. Uh, yeah, and in the UK, it's legal, right? I mean, in most countries, it actually is as far as I know. Yeah, no, um, I was just going to ask that. Is that a Danish thing? Like, Yeah, it's in Denmark specifically, it's, it's a very tough legal, uh, I mean, it's not legal. What is legal is to call up people. And I never understood it because I rather want an email than to be called up. So, yeah, well, it's just one of those things where it doesn't make much sense, but I guess that's just how it is. There you go. There's a sneak tip. If uh, anyone wants Carsten's business, then you need to uh, you need to phone him to get through. <laughs> no, if you want to piss me off, just phone me. No, no, I, I try to be nice on the phone. <laughs> we all do. We all do. So that's really interesting. And obviously that marketing area. So you would say, maybe not in Denmark, direct email was your kind of your top approach to start with? Yeah, yeah. And, that, and how, how else? What other costs go into this? Yeah, yeah. So, so this was almost free. I mean, my time was involved and one of my employees were, I think we spent maybe a week, a week of full work on that. And we got, you know, those 20 customers. Again, we have a cheap product, so it's not crazy, but the CAC was super low on that. We're not that expensive. You know, we have to, at that point, at least we had startup salaries, right? Yeah. So other tactics, uh, social media, I mean, this is a one that everyone knows, but videos on social media, especially on LinkedIn, we just fired a lot of videos where we talked about topics that we thought our target group was interested in. That worked for sure. Direct 
mails on LinkedIn or whatever it's called, not, you know, where you just message people. We had a, a small computer sitting in a corner with some software installed that was just connecting with people that were relevant for us and then sending them a message. And yeah, that's, we stopped doing that because we realized, okay, that's a bit edgy. But I think again, that gave us a few customers. Uh, it was all nice and polite messages, but I, I think it was a bit too aggressive to be honest. But again, in the beginning, you're just trying to survive, right? So you'll do a lot to survive. But yeah, what else? Yeah, and then we did Facebook ads and Google ads, but those were actually the most expensive channels for us. The, the CAC was, I think, $500 in the beginning. Yeah. So that's interesting. And obviously, the, uh, yeah, Facebook and Google, you got, I guess it depends on who your target audience is and how you're working with them. And it depends, again, as you say, on the cost of your product, right? Because yeah. if, if oh, it costs. One, fi- yeah. One trick, uh, sorry, I just remembered. One trick we did that was really effective was that. We found a lot of smaller blogs and kind of portfolio sites that, yeah, in the niche that we wanted. So we wanted to have web shops and we contacted those blogs and asked if they have a newsletter and if we could tell people that we have this uh, free beta, you know, the free version of our product that people could try. And we asked them how much they want to charge for that. And a lot of them were like, yeah, send me 50 bucks or yeah, give me a hundred bucks. And then they had like maybe three, 4,000 emails that they would send out to. And I mean... I think we got like three, four customers from each of those agreements. And it's like, you know, then you can calculate a CAC of nothing. I mean, it's just so cheap. It took a lot of time to find them. And I think we found all of them in Denmark. So we would need to scale it outside Denmark. But that, that is still something we're considering doing. Let's say we would go into UK. We would look for all the niche, um, not necessarily blogs, but, you know, like media, smaller medias that don't really know what they're worth, to be honest. Yeah. And we just asked them what it would cost to be on their newsletter. And, you know, you have to have not a pushy message. So for us, it was a free beta. So that was a bit easier to get them, you know, to agree on. That's something we will do again because it was just amazing. And that was my next question to you, actually, was uh, so I'm assuming this year, 2021, is your year of trying to scale out a little bit. You talked about sales teams. With this customer acquisition, uh, how are you going to scale? How are you going to, I don't know, 2, 3x this year? Because I'm sure that's your goals internally. Yeah, that's our goal. <laughs> how are we going to do it? Well, as you said, sales. So it's that's definitely part of it. Uh, so we are trying to see we're opposite of most SaaS companies. Most SaaS companies I talk to, they say they do sales first and then marketing second. You know, they start out by doing direct sales and networking and so on. We started out by doing marketing and then now we're adding on the sales. We've been doing sales for half a year and it's been going great. And we're like, wow, it's, we should have done that earlier. <laughs> but all the SaaS friends, I have, you know, friends in other companies I have, they say, oh, no, you're perfect. Because the marketing, once you get used to the sales thing where you can just call up people and you know, get leads that way, you get too lazy to actually build up your marketing because it takes a long time for it to work. So in effect, what we have is we have a great thing where marketing and sales works together. So marketing brings in leads, but the leads are not always, you know, hot. They're like, they don't really want to try the product. And then sales, then we force the phone number on them. And then say, like when they sign up to try the product for free, we force the phone number and then sales takes over and kind of tries to get them to do a demo. Yeah. Again, this is not brilliant. This is standard stuff, but at least the fact that marketing comes first and then sales second for us, it proved to be uh great in the end so it's a building of those foundations isn't it to move you on in the future and obviously having that the leads come in free products uh free trials 
it, it brings through that for your customers having a good starting price for your customers is always good as well making sure people get value from your product and uh, hopefully ranking better on google because that's kind of the goal there look give us a quick 30 seconds elevator pitch for morning score well so we are making sense of seo so if you are working with seo but you're not an expert then we're the perfect tool for you because we do what expensive consultants do we teach you how to get successful with seo through gamification which means when you set up your website in a tool it actually tells you what to fix and how to fix it in a very fun way in a way where you get green check marks whenever you do it so we identify all the problems and all the opportunities and now you just have to do the work and yeah, people tell us that finally they're, you know, they're lazy. So finally they got the energy to pull through and actually do the SEO work because, you know, they have a fun SEO tool that guides them. So, yeah. Love it. Love it. Two more questions for you. First one is over the last year, nearly a year now doing this podcast, I've been building a, a playlist uh, of music. <laughs> upbeat music well i was trying to get through covid and upbeat music it's been a long time now if there was a song you would get added to that playlist what would it be i know i was just thinking since you're a uk insomnia isn't that a uk song it is faithless yeah it's a great tune yeah i would have that one and I, I think it's slowly getting to that point now, right? Insomnia. Uh, anyway, <laughs> and my last one is, look, say I'm over, I think you're in Odense, right? In Denmark. Say I'm over in Odense and we go to a local bar and we're, we're going to go for a drink. Uh, what's your go-to drink of choice? Well, you, I would take you to uh, the Tipsy Toad. Okay. Tipsy it's to- a British, British guy who owns it. He's really nice and they have really good local beer and yeah. Would you, would you have a local beer or what would be your drink? Well, either one of the British ones or the local ones from here. We have quite good beer here as well. Yeah. No, absolutely. I've had a few in Copenhagen, but I've never made it to a dance yet. But look, Carsten, it's great to have you on the Zephyr podcast. Thank you for being so transparent and honest about your numbers. From myself, I wish you all the best in your growth this year. Uh, anything I can personally do to help you, let me know. I'm more than happy to help. But in the meantime, yeah, it's really appreciated. And thank you for giving up your time. Thanks a lot for letting me speak of it. <laughs> No, it's been fun. Thank you. Have a good day. Yeah, you too.